Welcome to Everyday Economics, a podcast that helps you learn about the economic world happening around you every day. I'm your host, Chris Krug, president of Franklin News Foundation. Everyday Economics is a production of America's Talking Network. You can check out all our great podcasts at americastalking.com. To support great podcasts such as this one, please donate by clicking the link in the show description. We're recording this episode on Thursday, September 8th. And joining me, as always, is my dear friend, Dr. Orfe Divangi. He's a PhD economist. We want to start off talking about the jobs report. Okay. And so, you know, we had a chance to talk about it a little bit, and the, the numbers came in, and they were they were pretty good That's relative right. to to what to what we expected. You know, they you know, three hundred fifteen thousand jobs were added per the Department of Labor. Quoting from the Department of Labor, job growth in August was broad-based with significant gains in professional and business services, retail trade, wholesale trade, and manufacturing. Healthcare jobs also saw strong growth, including in the nursing and residential care sector, which had been hit hard by the pandemic. And in a welcome milestone, two key measures of access to opportunity, the labor force participation rate and the employment population ratio which everybody tracks, you know, with a, with a, a high level of uh, focus. That's right. Well, they, they, for the first time, surpassed their 2020 pre-pandemic levels for women aged 25 to 54. And that is, again, from the Department of Labor. What does this all mean? We've had a couple of days to think about this. The numbers are out. We've gone back and resumed participating in this economy toiling away, doing the things that we do, some of us. What does it mean? Well, yeah, I, I, you know, uh, when we, I think back last year, sometime last year, when we started getting inflation surprises, one of the things I said was that a lot of Americans that had retired early were going to come back, and that's, that's actually penned out. Early retirees, a lot of them have come back into the labor force. Can I pause you and ask the question yeah. why? Yeah. I think the retirement part, the way I put it last year was retirees seeing prices increase a lot. Back then, the stock market was still performing pretty well. But knowing what I knew back then, you know, I I thought with the Fed raising interest rates, we would kind of see this decline that we saw in 2022 in stock market wealth. And I thought, okay, well, these people who own assets, who tend to be lenders, are going to be hit hard by the inflation on the uh, surprising on the upside. Mm-hmm. And they're going to want to come back because, you know, if you see the kind of value of your retirement assets shrink, you go back to work. So these are people that don't necessarily, didn't necessarily want to come back to work. That's they right. They have to come back to work or they right. feel like they should come back to work to protect the investment that they've made it that will uh, help fund their retirement. Well, well, you know, inflation surprising on the upside is good for borrowers. You, you borrow in dollars today and then you pay back in dollars that are worth. And so middle class homeowners were much better off than people at the end of their working life with no opportunity to negotiate higher wages in the labor force, in the labor market, or, or basically on, a, on this fixed income. And the value of that retirement income shrinking is not good for them. And so I kind of called that back in 2021 when we started seeing the inflation numbers creep up. But, you know, this women's story is kind of completely different. I mean, it's just a matter of women being kind of the 
taking the brunt of the pandemic, job loss. More women than men lost their jobs during the pandemic because of the types of occupations they were in. And so them coming back, it's not necessarily a income story. I mean, it could be part of it, mm-hmm. but, uh, but, you know, it's just, you know, the story of a recovery, you know, a, a, the, you know, the U.S. economy, the U.S. labor market recovering from, from the deep hole it was in. Of course, it took longer than, it, than, than we wanted it to, but we're back. Also, the, the interesting thing about that report is that it's, you know, we talk about broad base, right? Broad based job growth. This is no longer just a story of like leisure and hospitality sectors that were closed down, returning. We're talking about broad based job growth. And I think, you know, if you look at the relationship between house prices and the labor market and employment over time, we know that rising housing wealth tends to result in stronger labor markets. And that's what we saw during the pandemic. Areas that saw fast increase in house prices also saw massive jumps in labor demand. So job openings soaring, hiring rates increasing tremendously more than in other places, in places that had that did not see massive increases in, in housing prices, like Illinois, for example, Chris. Yeah, yeah thanks <laughs> right, so much. When you're from. Despite the decline in stock market wealth in the, this year, housing wealth has increased a lot and it's still very, very high. Yeah, of course, the housing market's cooling down a little bit now, but most of the Americans derive their wealth from their house. And, and if housing prices are very, very high and people feel wealthy, they continue to spend. And I, I think that's what we're seeing. I think I think the Fed is going to have a very hard time bringing down inflation because Americans are doing really well. They're locked into low rates, low 30-year fixed rate mortgages. Mm-hmm. Their, housing, their house values have increased tremendously. They got a lot of stimulus dollars, which they've kind of, I think, spent now. And on top of that, by the way, I forgot to say, employers are probably worried about letting go of people. All these things acting together basically are, you know, likely to just keep the labor market moving in the you know, moving forward. Now, with that said, the question now becomes: Where are the workers going to come from? Right. Right, and that's a good, and that and that's a terrific question. I mean, I, 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 you and I have had this conversation in a couple of different ways on everyday economics. And the concern that we have is that the jobs that are out there are maybe not jobs that people can get. Uh, they do, that the qualifications don't necessarily match up with the opportunities. That's right. There's that part of the story, yes. But but I mean, just overall, there's there are two job openings for every job seeker in America. Just the magnitude, the number of job openings out there is just—it's crazy, right? It's more than we've ever seen. Even before going into the composition of these, right, these skills in the labor market and the types of jobs that are out there, just the sheer magnitude of the number of job openings, labor demand is so high. And that basically means, tells me that Americans are still spending. And so businesses are trying to hire. And, and we're, we're seeing that. I mean, they're still hiring. Hiring is slowed, but it's still very, very rapid. And of course, to me, that points to an overheated economy and the Fed having way more work to do to uh, to cool things down. Well, I mean, we'll hear from the Fed uh, later this month, and we certainly will be looking forward to a new jobs report at the end of September. 
and we'll call it to an end right there for Fade Devangi. This has been Chris Krug. Subscribe to Every Economics and dozens of other quality podcasts at americastalking.com. dot